doing and is everybody noticing uh, this mercury retrograde are you feeling the effects at all um, I can tell you that as an astrologer I don't like to give it so much power or um, or even negatively you know a negative connotation because I've had really really profound mercury retrogrades which you've probably heard me talk about in previous episodes but for this one in particular in Cancer, um, I really have noticed it personally, maybe because I am a Cancer, which tends to happen. So if a retrograde happens in your sign or in, in a personal planet, you're going to feel it more. So I actually recorded this episode for you about a week ago. And when I went back and listened to the episode before publishing it, I noticed that our system that we edit with took bits and pieces of every other episode and put it together. So it made one really long episode and then it would have just been really confusing for you. So I apologize. I like to have these published on Sunday for you to listen to and to start your week with. And this week it just didn't happen um, because I had to go back and record it. So that's the first thing. The second is that so many people have been wanting to have their solar return charts um, cast and more than ever before. And I was thinking, why? Why are so many people interested in casting their solar return charts now than before? And I realized it really ha started happening more around COVID and that people usually look outward right to look at their goals or to set the their new year's resolution or their birthday resolution and to have those annual goals but it's unclear now isn't it if we look to the outer world there's so much that's unclear there's so much that's um, unknown and so all we can really do is go within and look at that internal compass and that's what the solar return chart can do it can tell you psychologically, emotionally, and mentally what the year will look like for you, how it's colored, and what events you can expect to happen, and how that's working with your natal chart to help you evolve and grow. So you'll notice these yearly themes in your life, and this is what the solar return chart tells us, how we should spend our birthday. Is there a way? Is there a way to spend our birthday? Um, oftentimes too, we want to spend it the same way or we think because of societal pressures that we should be celebrating it in this particular way. So we'll get into all things solar return, but first I want to share some important uh, transits this week that are happening for you because that's how I intended this podcast to be, is, um, is as a workbook, as you know. So wherever you are, know that we are sharing this time and space together. So we have a big conjunction on June 30th, which is uh, Tuesday this week, tomorrow. Um, it's a big deal 
because Jupiter and Pluto are two planets that are considered the expanders and the magnifiers, and they're very powerful. And so you want to utilize this day in this aspect to really focus on where you are investing your energy and where you want to live more empoweredly. And you can even focus on specific things like finances or becoming empowered um, in terms of you know self-love or in terms of boundaries as well. So this particular conjunction happens like most aspects or planets moving through a sign three times. The reason for that is because planets move in a direct motion and then they go retrograde, which is uh, the second part, and then they go direct again, so the third part. So Jupiter represents expansion, growth, and abundance in the sign Capricorn, where it is now, where it doesn't love to be, because Capricorn's very methodical about how it grows and wants to be very controlling with how it grows, and Jupiter as a planet just doesn't. Jupiter wants to be free and have experiences in life, but needless to say, Jupiter brings luck, abundance, and support, and even a bit of protection into whatever sign that it's in. Whereas Pluto, whom it's meeting with in their conjunction, meaning they're coming together, Pluto is about transformation and about empowerment and um, about magnetism in some way too. Like, how are you dealing with power? How is the government dealing with power? How is the world dealing with power, its power? And as individuals, do we have power? And we do, right? So Pluto and Capricorn and Jupiter and Capricorn first came together on April 5th. And they're coming back together on June 30th in their retrograde motion, which just means we're uh, processing this aspect more internally and getting the sustenance from that, the juice. And then they'll meet again in direct motion on November 12th of 2020. So the first time this happened on April 5th, we would have been surprised, right? It was right after COVID. We would have been surprised like, oh, this is happening again. How are we not prepared for this? And how do we deal with this financially? And what do we do? What does this mean for our work and our business? How do we function now in the world? Well, Pluto says, excuse me, shit's gonna happen. How do you deal with it? How do you become empowered when you don't expect things? And how do you deal with it on a psychological level? And how do you stay feeling empowered? And then Jupiter says, you're going to grow no matter what. Sometimes that um, is accompanied by growing pains. But in the long run, you're going to see the beauty of this. And you're going to grow healthfully. So these two come together as a great expander. So you want to focus your energy and direct it in a really powerful way for you. Find 24 degrees in your natal chart. And that's where the aspect will happen on these three dates, April 5th, June 30th, and November 12th. Now, these two planets don't come together often. They probably, they come together every 12 to 13 years. And the last time they came together was on December 11th, 2007. They were in a different sign. And before that, December 2nd, 1994. And then after this one, the... uh, They'll come together on February 4th, 2033. So you can actually look at these dates in the past and see how that was working for you. How was that conjunction coming together in your chart um, 
in a beautiful way. So you just want to look at the calendar and, and ask yourself, what were you doing or initiating? Um, maybe you were just being born around that time. So it's significant. And again, transits are always linked together. So you can see these patterns if you look at your life. The next significant aspect this week is on the same day, June 30th, and Mercury retrograde in Cancer is coming into the heart of the sun in Cancer before it, and so this marks the midway point for the retrograde cycle. But this is a beautiful aspect. We call it Kasimi in astrology, which means that one planet is being hugged and embraced by the heart of the sun. They're becoming one planet and they're functioning within you, mind, body, soul, and spirit. You are processing this Mercury retrograde on a very spiritual level. So you want to just sit with that and say, how are my feelings really affecting my thoughts now that this Mercury retrograde cycle, excuse me, is midway through? And the um, other two major aspects that we have this week is one is on Wednesday, July 1st, Saturn, the planet of... Um, planning and investing our time wisely and bringing form to structure is uh, retrograde and it mo- it's moving from Aquarius back to the 20th, 29th degree of Capricorn. In astrology, we call that the anoretic degree, which means the crisis point where we're saying as a collective and as an individual too, have we gotten all of the... the um, the wisdom from Saturn being in Capricorn of the last two and a half years. Have we gotten it right? Have we let go of the things that are no longer helping us to stabilize the future? And are we planning according to, um, to what we really truly believe in, in an integral way? So that's that message. And then the eclipse, there's a lunar eclipse in the sign of Capricorn on June 4th, June 5th. So it's late June 4th, early in the morning, June 5th, depending on where you are in the world. And this eclipse is a big deal because it's completely closing an eclipse cycle that has been uh, in transit since July 12th, 2018. And so the eclipses, and I've talked about this a lot in previous episodes, you can actually go back. Um, I can't remember which episode it is, but it's called Leaning Into an Eclipse. And I talk about these eclipse cycles and the pairs, how every 18 months we shift out of a, uh, an eclipse pair. So the eclipse has been in Cancer and Capricorn in those signs alternating for the past 18 months. You've been revamping that area of your life related to Cancer Capricorn themes like family and work and emotional security versus material security. So you're wrapping that phase up and that's the final um, the final release, let's say, because the lunar eclipse is about really coming into alignment now and letting go of everything that is not supporting you in terms of stability in your life and what you really want to be doing. Um, from an integrity perspective. So that eclipse is going to feel really nice. There are a lot of beautiful aspects to that. If you want to know more about the details of that eclipse, um, you can always follow me on Instagram at rosetheodora underscore astrology. I always go into detail about major aspects there. 
as well as sign up for um, my email list on my website, rosetheodora.com, if you're not already on there. So those are the major transits for this week that I really feel are necessary for you to know. And now let's dive into All Staff Solar Return. So I stumbled into this article um, synchronistically as I think things do and are intended. I always find that if you're thinking about something or something's on your mind, you'll notice that, right, in your environment. Whether you're feeling positive in a particularly positive mood or negative mood, you're going to attract more of that just because that's where your focus is. And that's why there's um, something to say about attracting what you're thinking about. So I think, um, yeah, when, when, when we are thinking about a particular something, it tends to come to us. And so this article came to me that is in the Daily Mail. It was published in 2015 by an author named Wendy Lee. And she talks about her solar return chart and how she's been such an avid believer in astrology. But there's this tone, there's just this subtle um, undertone of shame and that, that I wonder if you'll hear when I read it, um, because a lot of people do have this sort of belief. It's like they want it, they love astrology and they believe in it, but they're a little bit ashamed sometimes to mention that to friends or to express and share that. And that just says something about society, right? That there's still this judgment around what we believe in. And for me, You've probably heard me talk about this. Astrology is not a belief. It just exists. We don't know why. It works. It's always worked. There's a reason it's been around for 2,000-something years. I can tell you this. Having grown up with a scientist uh, grandfather who's an avid believer in science always told me, science is only proven until it is not. And there are some things that we're not going to be able to prove. We cannot prove God. We cannot prove in the afterlife or in reincarnation. Yet some of us have these unexplicable experiences that originate from somewhere. And we know it because we feel it viscerally in our body. There's a truth. And so this woman in this article goes on to say this. And I think it's a good introduction for what a solar return chart can do, the power of it the support that it can give you, but also how some people can become fanatical with how they use certain things. So just to be mindful of that as well. She begins the article by saying this, and I'll read it. She says, No one could call me an irrational woman. For the past 30 years, I have successfully negotiated the worlds of publishing and A-list celebrities written 16 biographies. I have spent days interviewing Hollywood stars and rock gods, I've run my own business and flown all over the world. And yet, now in my 50s, I admit to what some people might call one major flaw in my otherwise entirely sane and no-nonsense approach to life, my unshakable belief in astrology, which over the years has only grown stronger and deeper. For me, it began three decades ago when my first book was showcased at the Frankfurt Frankfurt Book Fair and my publisher, out of the blue, gave me a volume on astrology to read on my way home. 
To my surprise, I found it fascinating and convincing. I was hooked. Of course, many people believe to some degree in their horoscopes, but my belief goes farther than that and has seen me flying across the world in pursuit of the perfect solar return. This is a powerful but little-known astrological idea that claims that where you are in your birthday determines your fate for the next 12 months. I sort of agree with that, sort of not. Once a year on your birthday, the sun, which is the most important element in any astrological chart in determining your fate, is, the same, is in the same position in the sky that it was when you were born. Some astrologers believe that traveling on this date to a position on Earth, which allows the angles of the planets and the sun to line up in an auspicious manner, gives good fortune and prosperity for the next 12 months. For perfect results, you need to be there at noon exactly. I don't quite agree with that either. The time when the sun reaches its zenith in the sky. If you like, it's a kind of astrological rebirth, reconnecting you to the cosmic forces that have guided you since you entered the world. Of course, it's hopelessly complicated to work out. So you have to visit a professional astrologer to have your birth chart drawn every year to work out where you need to go. And that is why for the last 10 years, I've stuck savagely to the solar return chart telling me where I should go. And as a result, I've spent my birthday in San Francisco, Honolulu, Germany, Jamaica, Russia, Somerset, all in the interest of ensuring that my horoscope is one which tilts the forces of destiny and my favor. And yes, I think it works. So is it important to spend our birthday in a particular place? Does that have an effect? It does, yes, certainly, absolutely. Because wherever you are spending your birthday is different from the place in which your natal chart was cast or, or your um, incarnate came to be, right? Because you're born in a certain place and that is your relationship to the arrangement of the planets. Yet when you move, which most all of us do, or a lot of us at least, um, are traveling for our birthdays or live somewhere other than the place that we were born. And that does influence our birthday and our solar return chart for that year. So do you need to go be in a particular place to have a certain outcome? I would say this. If you have spent your life living the same way and you're really looking for a relationship um, you're not yet in one or you haven't found success in a relationship or you'd like to change your financial financial circumstances or you want to focus on work. Whatever your internal desire is, whatever you feel is probably what is going to be best for you or what you have a predisposition for in your natal chart. Now, I'm not speaking about fears that you have, that that's a premonition that something bad is going to happen. Fear is different than that inner just glimpse of intuition that comes that, that has, it's not biased. 
And so if you're feeling called to work on a particular aspect of your life, you can certainly have your solar return chart cast to support that. And if you can make it to that place in the world that best supports that outcome, absolutely yes, work with that tool. But what about us now in COVID? And what about us who are kind of stuck at home or still in quarantine? I know that in Spain here, we're not able to travel out of the country and not allowed to receive some visitors as well. So there's still these travel restrictions. And what does that mean for us who are meant and intended or fated or destined to spend our birthdays where we are? And if we are in that place, we should work with it, right? We should have our solar return chart to compare to the transit chart to see, well, what is what did my soul want? Again, if you've heard me talk about this too in previous episodes, or you just know me and know my beliefs, I really truly believe that Yes, there is this higher source. There is this God force energy. There's this light intelligence that is does have our back. The universe has our back and it supports us because we're in relationship to it. We're a part of it. We're an integral system. And I always think, you know, this is what gives me reassurance and helps me to feel at ease when things feel out of control is knowing that There's this divine orchestration in the universe that we cannot scientifically prove. Thank fucking God. Excuse me, but seriously, thank God we cannot prove it. Because do we want to be able to to understand and intellectualize every single aspect? No, we don't. There needs to be some magic. There needs to be something mystical that is divine, that cannot be logically understood, that is this intuitive intelligence that exists in the universe. And that is what I think the birth chart is. I think that your soul doesn't judge whether experiences are good or bad. Your soul says, this is for your growth and this will support you. And do I feel personally that we're destined to suffer? I don't. But I think that when we have things that feel out of our control, sometimes we need to work harder to trust or to go with the flow. And so when it comes to your solar return chart or having a particularly tough year or even having a beautiful year, don't look at those as, um, as a negative omen for the way that your life will be. Look at it as you doing work on that focal point for the year, whether that is um, exercising your emotional capabilities or your intellect. You'll have different years that will be colored differently. And of course, you can go back in time again and look at your previous solar return charts based on where you were and how they affected or colored that year. So the way that the solar return chart works is that, first of all, you need to take the location into consideration and your sun will be in the exact same position, position meaning degree So minute and second in the sky as when you were born. For example, if you are born on August 5th, you will have 
roughly, depending on the year, a 13 degree Leo sun. And you'll have particular seconds as well. The sun needs to be at that exact 13th degree with seconds. Now in the Earth's, yeah, in the Earth's orbital uh, rotation around the sun, called a revelation, so one complete 365 day revelation from the point you were born back to that same spot, the earth has made a journey around the sun is not a perfect circle. It's slightly elongated. And so in that process, for the sun to get to the same degree that you were born might mean that your birthday is slightly different every year, give or take a day, but never two. So if you're born on that August 5th, maybe your birthday will be um, you know, August 4th at midnight. Maybe it will be a few hours off. So that is your true birthday every year is when that sun aligns to the exact same minute and second location. After that, after the sun is calculated, you will have a different rising sign each year for your solar return chart. So that's really relevant uh, because what you will do is compare it to your natal chart. The rising sign represents not only the direction in your life, but your personality to your outward projection of who you are expressed as the personality. So the rising sign in the solar return chart is extracted from the natal chart and projected outward for that year. For example, the United States, and I'll do other countries as well. I know that people are from are now listening from all over the world, and I'm so, so excited about that and also grateful. Um, so I will cover other countries' charts and birthdays as well. I'm covering the United States just because of everything that's been happening, because I was born there, and because um, it too is having its solar return or birthday on July 4th, as we know. So the United States rising sign is Sagittarius, and the United States sun is 13 degrees Cancer, which means 13 minutes and 19 seconds. So for the year, for the, the solar return chart, the rising sign is going to be different, whereas the sun sign is the same. The sun is still at 13 degrees Cancer in 19 seconds, but the rising sign for the year is Scorpio, and it's Scorpio 27 degrees. So what we have to do and what you do for your solar return chart, just to understand it. It's not something that you need to calculate. So don't get overwhelmed if it feels too technical. It's more so to understand the mechanisms and to understand what's happening and how your years vary so much from year to year, how they're colored. So the United States solar return chart this year for 2020, starting July 4th, until next July 4th of 2021 is Scorpio 27 degrees. Now in the natal chart of the United States, we can find 27 degrees in the 12th house of their natal chart, of its natal chart. What that means is 12th house matters. Things like 
what's hidden, the subconscious, the higher spiritual realms, um, also secrets, are going to be projected outward because it's the yearly, uh, it's the year ascendant in the solar return chart. So we can already expect that 12th house matters for the United States. That which happens behind the scenes is going to be projected outward and become more visible to the world. It's going to color the personality of the United States for the year. For you in your solar return chart, let's do a different example just to give you that reference. Um, maybe for you, natally, you were born with a Leo rising 15 degrees. And again, the degree refers to that exact position or the location in the constellation. And then for the year in your solar return chart, you have an Aquarius ascendant at the same degree. And that would mean that partnerships in your life, business partnerships, maybe marriage becomes the focal point for that year. So that's one way of looking at it. But if we consider the United States that its rising sign for the year is now going to be 27 degrees Scorpio and 12th house matters are becoming the personality for the year or the focal point that is already interesting, isn't it? It's already telling of what has been happening. Now, how how do we anticipate? Is it just that on our birthday, all of a sudden there's this big shift and it colors the year? Or is this something that we gradually start to feel coming, right? All planetary alignments are something that are gradual and coming into being. They're coming into alignment. And so with you as well, you are gradually going to be experiencing these shifts. It's not like all of a sudden your life changes from year to year. You're going to feel these shifts happening about three months prior to your birthday, which is essentially called, if you look at your natal chart before you were born, before you came into this earth, before you became physical and came out of your mother, you were in the womb. And there is such a thing called a pre-birth chart, which means that three months before your birthday, you were untouched by this world and unconditioned. You were you and your purest soul, spirit, sense. And so every year, the same thing happens only now you're, you're born, you're physical, you're conditioned by your past, you're conditioned by your future goals, society, what you've learned, all these learned behaviors and neurological cycles. And so you have become conditioned by the world, yet you're still connected to your soul and your will and that spiritual purpose of what it means to be human. So that is also existing, but you can think about that. There are three, three months prior to your birthday, you're going to feel the shift, which is going to start to color the next year ahead because that pre-birth phase is still occurring even though you are alive and human. Now, what is 
the sun mean and how significant is it really? What does our sun mean? We hear so much in astrology, the sun is the ego, the sun is the ego. And then in Western culture, especially in psychology, ego is seen as being a Freudian concept and something that has a negative connotation, that the ego is trying to protect our right to be ourselves. And we can have this sense of ego that can become um, self uh, selfish. I was going to say selfless. It can become so selfish, right? That's the connotation that we know it in, in society. But what the ego, if you look at it in terms of being protective, um, and that's just one layer of the sun. In fact, I don't even think it's a real representation of the sun's purpose in our natal chart. On the one hand, we have a geocentric system. And your natal chart is from the perspective of Earth looking at the sun and our relationship to the sun. So on Earth, when we view the sun, there's a backdrop, there's a constellation there's a, that we can always see while being in a particular constellation, if you can envision that. So we're looking from the perspective of Earth at the sun and we can look around and see the cosmos. We'll see different planets and constellations out there in space, that's all geocentric. It's from our perspective, like everything in life, right? It's always a perspective. So the sun represents your mecca center, your epicenter. And if you look at the sun's symbol in astrology, it's a circle with a dot in the center. It's a nucleus. It's that 30-day window in which you were born and you share your birthday with approximately 6 million other people on this planet. Are you like all those other uh, Geminis or Capricorns or Pisces or Virgos? No way. You're completely different because you have this different essence. You've got this um, natal chart that's infused with your soulful energy, your experience of wherever you're coming from. And so that, first of all, makes you uniquely you, as well as the different unique arrangements based on your location for your birthday. So the sun represents, to me at least, a vehicle for which the soul expresses its personality. It's what you are here to do in this incarnation it's who are you you are here to become and how your personality is a vehicle for you to achieve and experience the things that you need i use the word achieve not as in a not as in um, an achievement or an accolade but as in a soulful goal that you have a lot of times in my practice and working with people, I find that they're not comfortable with their sun sign. And it's something that a lot of astrologers don't talk about. They just give it such importance or like it just is. We breathe air, the sun just is. You just are your sun sign. And while that's true, the sun holds us to a certain caliber. It holds us to a certain, caliber is not the right word, actually. It holds us to a certain criteria, a certain level of integrity, a certain level of achievement that we need in this life. We need to become our sun sign. And so that journey of communing with ourselves 
means that we're exercising what it is to be our sun sign and we're becoming better at it hopefully with age or either lazier too. So there are shadow aspects to the sun sign and there are exalted or kind of elevated integral aspects of the sun as well, depending on where it's placed, depending on other aspects to it that you have, natally speaking, and depending on you and how consciously aware you are. The sun also represents conscious awareness. And so it's who we think we are but it's actually our soulful personality kind of shining through. Um, and so you can think about it that way, but you can also think about it as a light shining on this area of life that you need to experience and really focus on. And that's the geocentric part of your life that you're here to really work at. So wherever the sun is placed natally in your chart, in whichever house, and house represents area of the sky that you can see so either above the earth it was located when you were born maybe near the horizon which we call the ascendant in the east the descendant in the west or somewhere along the bottom uh, that is where you're here to really focus your personality and really get to know that area of your life a conscious light is shown a visibility on that area of your life so there's a natural vital life force energy that's naturally occurring just like the sun gives life to us, to all the plants, we need it. It's a necessity. So your that nucleus symbol, the sun, gives life and vitality to that area of your chart in whichever house that it's located in. I'd like you to take a moment and think about your birthday every year. How do you typically spend it? How have you spent it? And have you spent it a particular way because of family or tradition? Have you always been alone on your birthday? Do you have a ritual for your birthday? What does your birthday mean to you? I'd like you to take a few moments and just think about that. Because there's a way of working intuitively with astrology. Before we talk about what you should be doing, just see where you're aligned and what really resonates for you. What is ideal for you? If tradition didn't exist and you didn't spend your birthday, let's say, um, according to other people or societal standards, or maybe you're always having to work, what is ideal for you? Take all of that out of the equation and just think about how would you want to spend your birthday? What is so exciting for you? Maybe it is just to be alone. So take a few minutes and just think about what that truly means to you. The solar return chart is that incarnation. It is that rebirth of the sun. 
coming home. It's that planetary return of the sun. Imagine it out there. You're on earth and the earth is moving through each constellation in space, suspended, right, magnetically, and having these different conversations with the planets and their consciousness and your experiences here on earth. And then the sun returns to the same place when you are born. And it has a coming home, a returning to home, a returning to consciousness, a returning to your purpose here on life. That is a a major moment. And so our birthday is important, absolutely, from an astrological perspective, because it's your personal new year. But we don't always have the best birthdays, right? It, It depends on where we're at emotionally. It can depend on what we're working through, especially if we're not spending our birthday in the way that our heart truly wants. There's something to say about honoring and being integral about who you are, being autonomous about what you need and what you want. And sometimes that means saying no to people. It means uh, taking a risk and it means speaking confidently and teaching others to love you. So the sun is truly very important in the chart. It's not the most important thing, but it is central to our relationship here on earth and um you know, who we are here to be, or at least our awareness of who we are here to be. So we're going to walk through how each sun located in the house, kind of briefly what that means, but then also what an ideal birthday might be for you and see if it aligns to what you had guessed about yourself. Now, if it doesn't resonate, I want you to look at the aspects to your sun. If you, for example, have sun in the 12th house, you may not know what you really want. They may be projections based on society. Um, And so look at that. If it doesn't resonate, that's an answer too. Think about, well, what aspects do I have? Is Saturn squaring my sun? And I feel like my birthday always reminds me of how hard I've had to work, you know? But how devoted you are to this life path too. Maybe... You were born on an eclipse. Maybe there's an extra emphasis to your birthday. Maybe your sun is um, squaring Mars and you feel like you always get in a fight around your birthday. With your sun's position, we're not going to get into sun sign meaning your if you are a Taurus or you are an Aries or you are a Scorpio we're not getting into those meanings we're getting into the location of your sun and where that occurs each year and that is a rebirth for you and the house represents the area of life that you are rebirthing and where that rebirth takes process um or excuse me where it takes place in that process so we will touch on each house natally that you were born with and then what that means for how you should spend your birthday. So this is not relating to the the sign that your son is in. It's only the position called the house. So if you were born with son in the first house, that means, and, and the houses, by the way, move counterclockwise. So they start in the center on the left side, and then it will go counterclockwise each pie piece by pie piece. Now, 
If you don't know what that means and you're going, this is too technical, I have no idea what she means, don't worry. Um, maybe pause it. Try to go pull up your chart on my favorite uh, free website, astro.com. You can create a free profile there. In order to know where your sun is placed, you do need your birth time. Otherwise, you'll just know the sign that your sun is in. So, but you don't know what area it colors in your life and where that sun focal point is, where it's shining a light. That's why the houses are very important. And that's why in astrology, knowing the birth time is very, very relevant and important. So if you want, you can also just listen because the, the podcast is really about taking away what you need. And if you don't get it or it's too technical, just listen and you'll get something out of this. Something will resonate with you. You'll think that sounds like me, you know, that sun in that placement really sounds like me. Maybe that's, I should look at that and confirm later. Um, And maybe you consult an astrologer too. So sun in the first house means that you're really here to develop your personality and to share that with other people, almost to lead. And so you're here to discover the strength of what it means to be an individual and what it means to be confident and what it means to inspire others and what it means to be a leader or to have a highly coveted position, for example. This is a fun position and and this is not I'm not going to get into good bad easy not but sun in the first house um since we're human and we're here to shine does feel like it's a lot about you and that's what you're here to do you're here to have a really personal experience so on your birthday every year it needs to be about you and without judgment you need to tell people what you want to do and you actually should focus on your appearance that year because your appearance in particular has to do with your personality expression. All of us, that it does for all of us, but particularly for you. Are you confident in the way that you look? Do you want to work out more or maybe less? Would you like to be easier with your physical body? Do you like your style? Does it represent your personality and what you're trying to put into the world? And if you're not feeling that confident lately, look at the transiting planets or natally. Maybe something is giving you an opportunity to look at yourself from a different angle and it's a way to grow even more. So that's first house sun. You need to celebrate yourself and the direction of your life and consider whether everything you're putting out, even appearance-wise, if it's in alignment with who you know yourself to be and who you want to be. If your natal sun is in the second house, you were born needing to focus on value. Do you feel valued? Are you investing your energy and personality on um, matters that are valuable to you? Do you feel financially secure? Do you feel like the things that you're building and cultivating in your life are stable and secure? Your whole personality is going to be somewhat dependent on how secure you feel. 
And in the world that we live in, it's certainly hard to feel secure, not only now, but also through other people, right? Security never comes through anyone else. It comes through the effort that we make and it comes through investing in investing your um, time and energy and money into the things that you love, not that you're obligated to do. So every year on your birthday, you're going to be thinking about what you would value doing on your birthday. And you might even tell people that you really want gifts that are meaningful and valuable or that are um, really thoughtful and that they've invested time and energy into. You would never be satisfied, let's say, with someone just getting you a you know quick gift. You need thought. And um, so communicating that to people too and really doing what you love and what you value every year to celebrate you. If you have a third house sun placement, you are here to cultivate community, cultivate local community. That means that you're here to have an impact on your community. And because you have that journey, it may sometimes feel like you don't, right? Wherever we're here to focus, we're going to notice if it's not working the way that we're, because there's a hyper focus on it. So you'll notice when it isn't working working for you. And that's also a great lesson and indication. It doesn't mean you're not here to do that. It just might mean that maybe you haven't found the right community to influence yet. So third house sun, and this goes for all of us too, by the way, wherever your sun is placed, it is where you're here to develop, but also shine a light for others and have an impact. So third house sun you have a journey that is about learning skills so that you can best communicate and have that effect. So you're always wanting to learn and jump from topic to topic and have conversations with people about where they are and their perspective and their ideas. So you are an information junkie in a way. You want to read the news or read a book or be online or talk to people or go to nature and and, uh, commune with yourself for a minute. So there's a lot of uh, energy with this placement. There's a lot of needing to connect and needing to be in movement. You love, for example, short day trips. So for your birthday every year, ask yourself, where do you want to go? Is there a short trip you can take? How do you want to be in movement? You love and thrive when you're in movement. It gets your mind thinking and actually helps you to find clarity. Um, I would even suggest for meditation, you know, you were probably that baby that fell asleep when your parents were walking you or rocking you in motion. You find comfort with that. So give yourself that comfort on your birthday and maybe take a train ride or a bike ride or go for a walk. Just be in movement. Also writing for you. So writing out what your goals are for the year or um, positive affirmation. Thoughts are very powerful for you. So you would also want friends and family to write to you their impact, that, or excuse me, <laughs> your impact that you've had on them or how they feel about you would be really helpful and resonant and make you feel really loved on your birthday. 
for you, you fourth house sun, it is all about home and family and stability emotionally. So what that means is you are here to highlight the importance of emotional roots. What are we connected to emotionally? How are we emotionally nourishing ourselves to find security? It's through that emotional nourishment that we feel safe, we feel secure, and we can go out into the world and thrive and have material security and also healthy relationships. So everything starts from there. Everything starts from the root, right? And that's where you're here to shine a light on the importance of nourishment, the importance of food, home, family, and just feeling comforted, feeling that feeling nestled and feeling comforted to be human. That's what you do for others. And that's what you seek out yourself. So when it comes to your birthday, you want to be with family and friends or you want to be with friends that feel like family you want to be at home and cook and eat beautiful comforting food you want to be taken care of you may even want to cook and host others at your home and have an intimate dinner for you your birthday represents a time of turning inward a time of feeling emotionally uh, nourished and ripe and to deeply emotionally connect with others Here's something else to think about too, in terms of the sun. The sun is your contract with the universe. It's your contract with the soul. So there's a level of responsibility that we have and a pressure that we feel where the sun is as well, because we want to do the work. That's what being human in this existence is. That's why we chose, I believe, to be born at a particular time. There have been many charts that I've cast for people to induce labor and it usually doesn't work. They can go into labor at that time or start to induce it, but the baby comes when the baby is going to come. We can try to plan for our child's sign, but that soul knows the day and minute it is supposed to be born and I believe to whom. And that's not to say that everyone deserves the circumstances that they're born into, but this is Uh, our journey here is unique to each soul. So the fifth house sun has a soul contract to uh, create life, to create happiness, to generate happiness. And this is fun, but this is also a lot of pressure to take responsibility for the creative process in life. Whatever you're willing and manifesting is up to you. And So you have the expertise to to have a joyful experience, meaning you know how to create that and you know how to bring it to others. So you shine when you are expressing your unique creative voice. You remind other people that they also have that ability, that we all as human beings can generate our own happiness and create the things and the life that we want Should we dare claim it? Should we be confident enough to do so? So you lead by example. You can see how this creates a pressure to do that, to have that responsibility. But you also have such a passion uh, for life and a zest. And if you think of 
the astrological zodiacal wheel in terms of evolution, each one of us has a special gift. And so wherever our sun is located is also like a gift. It's something that we are becoming expert at and then shining a light for others. So if you've got that second house sun, you are really going to be good or learning how to be great with finances and you can teach other people the value of material security. One of the, the reasons is because you invest in what you value, whereas other people feel obligated or don't think about money in that way. They don't fall in love with it. They don't think that it can buy them freedom or um, invest in things that they love. So you as a fifth house son are in touch with your inner child and that inner play and the possibilities of where we find joy in life through creating, playing, romance, gambling, taking risks, just living life on the precipice, that's you. And so if on your birthday, you need to be celebrated by doing things that are fun, by, um, you know, having a party or by creating something or whatever you need, you need to create that experience for yourself rather than relying on other people to bring you that happiness. And you also need to feel witness. So you might need to tell people how you need that rather than expecting it. That's the fifth house sign. If you have a sixth house son, your brilliance is in perfecting life. It's in taking mundane matters and learning how to transform them, how to heal. You have a natural affinity for health and, uh, and for purifying the body, meaning knowing what's mentally, physically, emotionally toxic for the body. So you can even become obsessed with health you are really concerned in this life with doing something that has purpose. So for work, you want to do something that helps others, that is of, um, that benefits other people. And so you're here to be of service to your soul through finding meaningful work. And isn't that such an important role? Because each of us have to or should, right? Not have to at all, but I think that, that if we're doing what we truly love, we're really being, we're, we're creating some kind of infectious um, enthusiasm for others who should also do what they love. And sometimes we don't have that choice. Some of us have to do what we're educated to do or what, you know, where we can find work. And so that's what you emanate and shine a light on in this world is how to take the mundane existence out of our daily lives and make it um, make it really efficient. So when it comes to time too, you can be such a perfectionist in terms of how to use our time here on earth wisely. So for your birthday each year, you may find that you've always worked on your birthday or that you um, want someone who's thought of a lot of uh the details, you know, what time they're picking you up or where you're going for dinner or taking into consideration your sensitive diet um, or things that you like to eat. So those are really important factors for you for your birthday to communicate to others. But you also want to feel like 
you are spending your birth birthday, excuse me, organizing the next year of your life. Like, what are you putting into motion and how are you organizing your life right now to open space for new to come to you? That is how that would be ideal for you to spend your birthday. So whether that's a healthy meal, working, organizing your life, or someone letting you know that they've thought of those same details that you always do for others. Seventh house, sun, you are here to shine a light on mutual cooperation and uh, relationships. And that if we work in unison with one another, if we have respect for the other person, if we have mutual respect, we can get so much more done in this world. You are truly here to have a cooperative journey. And so you're going to notice all the non-cooperative journeys and people and partnerships that you've had because that's where you're shining a light. That's where your focus is. So um, on your birthday every year, you'll notice how that when you give gratitude to others, when you let other people know how they've supported you in your journey and you are grateful for their um, influence, support, um, just a role in your life, you're going to get so much more back in that next year and for your birthday too because having such a destiny around partnership means that you need to acknowledge those who have Uh, helped you get to where you are today, as well as I would even write down a list of what you're willing to give in partnerships. Because anytime that you feel like, oh, I just want to go at it alone, you'll find blockages or that the universe kind of puts a, a block there to kind of almost corral you back into your soul purpose because that's what your soul wants is to be in cooperation with others. And that's what you're expert at, actually. So you might list what you're willing to give in partnership and what partnership means to you and how you can improve your partnerships over the next year. You may want to just spend your birthday with one to uh, one person, a one-to-one experience. You may um, send people close to you a gratitude or business associates and just say, I'm celebrating my birthday, but I want to let you know how you've been a part of this experience and a part of the past year. And I thank you for that. That would be probably the most powerful way that you could celebrate your birthday and just as a, as a positive affirmation for the coming year. Another way in which you can look at this too for everyone is that the sun spends about 30 days or a month in each of the houses. And so after your birthday, 30 days after, the sun will move to the next house. And you could look at this if you're listening and you can actually look at this and think, where's the sun now for me? In which house? And the descriptions that I'm giving will be an area that you are shining a light on for those 30 days with the transiting sun. So even though this is all about celebrating you and your life's journey on that solar return and making the most out of it and being intentional about how you spend your birthday and being authentic, there's also a way to utilize this information that 
you can actually observe this sun's pathway as it moves through each house and focus on these descriptions for that month of your life as well. It's super powerful to use it that way. So if you have an eighth house sun, you are learning about the power of resources for mutual empowerment. And that means in order to get in with someone, right? Emotionally or psychologically or financially, don't you need to know them? And don't you need to know yourself? The eighth house is about deep intimacy. It's about secrets. It's about becoming close to another person so that you can mutually both benefit. Whether that means you're listening to another person speak about their psychological trauma and you've got assets, you've got a know-how about how they can heal. You're both getting something from that experience and in turn, maybe they want to pay you. Or maybe if you are intimately involved with your partner and you're offering um, a lot of financial support, let's say you'll get a lot of psychological support in return. So the eighth house is all about mutual empowerment and that journey can be messy sometimes because we can notice how we are disempowered through relationships or how we're not fully utilizing that solar power in the highest form of integrity. Although it's hard not to do that because the sun is so integral, but we can become tired sometimes of that theme or lazy. And that's why um, it's such a focal point because it's shining a light and we know that we have to work on that area of our lives. So on your birthday every year, you're focused on how you've transformed over the past year and how you want to become empowered over the next year and where you want to invest those emotional, financial, psychological resources. Do you want to worry about things? Do you want to try to control everything? Or do you want to invest in things that feel good and uplift you? And with people who it feels they're also offering something in exchange. So on your birthday, not only is it thinking about transformation, but when do you need to let go? And when do you need to step into a new way of living your life? So it's about an emotional release. And it's also about becoming more deeply intimate, intimately connected to your emotions as well. So feel it out every year on your birthday. You might need to be alone. You might need to go be in water. You might need to go to a sweat lodge and detox. You might just want to be intimate with your partner and make love and feel that connection. It really is going to depend, but know that you need to go deep. You need to dig deep on your birthday. And so you may need space to do that because it feels too vulnerable. Um, or you want to just be very intimate with one person. But I would not think um, parties and celebrating in that way would be so exciting for you on, on a truly um, heart level if you get in touch with that. Now, other planetary um, aspects might make you think differently, but just look at the heart of your sun. Ninth house sun, you are, once we start, let me pause there actually, once we start getting above the horizon. So seventh house, eighth, ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th house, you have more of a soul purpose to, um, to connect with either the, the entire world in terms of who you are or in terms of partnership. Now, what does that mean for 
the first through the sixth houses, it doesn't mean you can't impact the world and have a huge presence. It just means your focus, your expertise come from the foundation of life, which is um, invaluable in terms of the human experience. So you'll notice when we went through seventh house, eighth house, it was about going really deep in one-to-one relationships. In the ninth house, it's about ascending third house matters. So it's about um, your, your sole purpose and your birthday are about celebrating your experiences in life. And who you're here to be is someone who is very philosophical, someone who's had experiences in life and has an entitlement or a self-righteousness actually to say, hey, this works and this doesn't, and here's what I believe. Because in having lived your experiences and speaking from the heart and speaking with so much conviction, You really set fire under other people and what you say is either going to ignite people and make them a follower, like they're going to want to align to your belief system, or it's just going to ignite people to follow their own inner compass and integrity um, in terms of their experience. When I say integrity, which I've been mentioning a lot throughout the episode, I'm referring to an authenticity and a truth within yourself. Like if you feel called to do something, look at the motives and ask yourself, is this my heart? Is this my intuition guiding me? Is this what I truly want? Despite what society says is okay or the people around me, you know, whether or not they have an opinion, what is authentic for you? What does integrity mean to you? The ninth house sun constitutes a certain knowledge with wa- with the wise application of truth, in other words. So you're having an impact on um, what people believe in, really, and it's your purpose. The more you align to this, the more um, in harmony you will feel with your life. So every year on your birthday, you want to think about how can you expand your horizons? What experience do you want to have? Do you want to travel somewhere? Do you want to learn something new this year? Um, And how do you want to celebrate your life this year? It's always going to be through an experience. So what experience do you want to have on your birthday? And how are you telling stories? How are you sharing who you are? Um, you have somewhat of a moral responsibility to to do that as a ninth house son. I'd also like you to think about this, each and every one of you. If you, if everything is so divinely orchestrated, right beyond what we can even possibly imagine down to the finest details. And I hope, I hope that's how intricately uh, connected everything is. I certainly see that from my perspective. If you are here to be someone, to be that, that sun placement, then the world would also expect you to be that placement. There would be room for you to be yourself in this world is my point. If you have a 10th house sun, you are here to find your voice of authority, to be an authority on your life, most importantly. If you live by that rule, you are an example for others to live their life that way as well. 
So the theme of integrity is very strong here. And the theme of taking reputation seriously. Who we are, who are we in the world? What is our role? Who are we here to be? And is there security in that? So there's a social status too with this placement of you seeking security from a place of status and authority, whether that is socially or in the workplace, most likely in the workplace is where that social status comes from for you. So you may look at that. Um, how are you in a position of authority in your life? It doesn't need to be on a massive global scale. It can just be in your workplace or with family. But where are you an authority? And um, how are you demonstrating the responsible use of your power too? Because here it's all about playing by the rules. You're here again to be that figure who is an exemplary figure who's doing everything to the best of your ability and really pushing yourself because you know that this is the most uh, straightforward way to to gain other people's trust and to be then in a position that feels secure. And so for your birthday each year, I would think you want to contemplate the direction of your life. Are you who you want to be? Do others around you recognize who you think yourself to be? And if not, there's some work that needs to be done there to come into alignment with that. But think about what you can do on your birthday to usher in a new, um, way of being in the world or to celebrate how far you've come and you would like to celebrate and, and I think with others who see you in that way so whether that is with families or co-workers I can imagine you celebrating your birthday with a lot of co-workers and just um, being told also how you have um, how you've been an impact in people's lives and and maybe even asking that for them and sharing how you feel that you've made an impact in their lives as well that's really important for you um, as that 10th house son Eleventh house sun. This one's a bit of a contradiction because it's the inverse of Leo, but that creative axis that you and Leo both share is prevalent. So if you have an eleventh house sun, you are here to be your unique self. That means that you are here to not adhere or conform or anything to any kind of societal standard. You're here to make and break the rules. You're here to create the new future vision for us all. So social networks and friends are key to who you are here, because, or excuse me, are key to why you are here. Because if you can connect with people, then you can have an impact. And if people are seeing your uniqueness, which is basically impossible for them not to see if you're not hiding, um, you really have a strong social impact, not only on those around you, but for the future as well and on a big global level. And you also shine a light on what people want and what their dreams are and help people to achieve it through the systems that you put into place. And that might even mean breaking down some social structures and systems that are not working. So you are a true friend. You are a true rebel. You are a true humanitarian. and. Your birthday needs to be spent with friends. 
um, and you've probably naturally gravitated towards that your whole life. You've always been with friends or in social groups or um, going to a group meeting or going to a sound bath or a meditation or something with a group of people. That has been your network um, or it could even be having a big party. So you're here to um, uplift and to um, totally change the way in which uh, society functions and lives in this world. Twelfth house sun, you have a special destiny like all of us, we all do. But because you're the last sign of the zodiac, there's such a selflessness to you and to who you're here to be. And oftentimes when the sun resides in the 12th house, because the sun shines a conscious light, you're able to see this realm of life in a way that none of us can. Because the 12th house is the hidden house from life and it has to do or is comprised of all things um, non-visible, all things spiritual, and all things not of this world. And that's hard to articulate or to even have an identity or personality around, right? Because you are here to show people the oneness that, the, that exists in this world, that everything is interconnected. And there is a brilliance in this higher power um, that does allow the universe to function as it is. And so you have a real deep sense of compassion and understanding for the human journey and complexities and for things such as guilt and shame. And you can just, you, you know this, you're a natural healer in your own right and therapist, and you can really see this in other people. And you know what loneliness is, because if you have this access to parts of the universe or cosmic knowledge that the rest of us don't or aren't visibly seeing every day, that can feel lonely. It can feel like you are misunderstood. It can feel like you are completely here to really help others to see that hidden part and you almost merge with other people and become one to show proof of this. And so your identity at times can feel hidden even to you. So on your birthday every year, it's really healthy for you to want to spend it possibly alone or communing with your personality and identity in that way that you can just feel your own essence with the universe versus having to support other people or taking on their stuff or being there for them because you're such a selfless sign. Um, well, not sign because we're not focused on sign, but your um, destiny, let's say, is so focused on the other that you need that time alone and you've had a lot of time alone to yourself too, uh, growing up and in life. So to take time for yourself, to go into meditation, into a contemplative practice, to commune with nature, to go to the spa, to just be surrounded by the mystical um, intelligence, I think, of nature is the most healing thing that you can do. And so if you haven't been spending your birthdays alone or in retreat, let's say, in a silent meditation, or doing something that you feel connects you more deeply to your soul, I think that would be a beautiful way to spend your birthday. So that is the sun placement through each of the 12 houses moving counterclockwise from the first to the 12th. 
Remember that this is your solar power. This is your solar fire and you shine a light in this world in this way. And also with those in your life, you can see where their sun falls in your natal chart. In which house do they shine a light and bring some sort of uh, fruition to your life that enables you to see this part of your life that maybe you wouldn't have otherwise been able to see. So I will leave you with this, a quote from Alvin Ali, who is a choreographer. He had a dance studio. He's no longer alive, um, but he had a dance studio called the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater, and he was also a director and a dancer himself. He had a first house son, and um, this is a famous quote by him that I think is very relevant um, in terms of what a first house son would say and think and who he's here to be in this world or was. He said, to be who you are and become what you are capable of is the only goal worth living. I'd love to hear if your sun house placement resonated with what you intuitively felt and how you like to spend your birthdays and also what you feel you're here to do, if that really matched with how you've been experiencing your life. You can leave a uh, comment in the review section here on the podcast, or you can email me at info at rosetheodora.com or also message me on Instagram at rosetheodora underscore astrology. Yeah.